All right, welcome everyone. A bit of a, a quick jump into the show tonight. Uh, next week we'll debut some new some new right, music welcome, or, everyone. or a remix. Oh, I'm getting an uh, echo here from somebody. Sorry, that was me. That was me. Thank you. Taking care of. Sorry. All right, no problem. No problem. Hey, it's a, it's it's uh, it's the first uh, the first week of Major League Soccer 2020. Too, so we're bound to have some technical issues. Well, anyway, welcome to the show, Big D After Dark. When the lights go dim, we go live. We like to come late at night. We like to process, think about the game from this past week and the latest FC Dallas action and come to you with news, rumors, and just banter. And, of course, uh, for those of you watching with us online, from, from Facebook, YouTube, wherever, you can send in your comments, your questions about the team and we will take those live. They will shape the conversation, an interactive show. All right? Of course, I'm your host at Nathan J. Hill. You can follow me. Uh, we have, uh, as well, our, our, our buddy uh, Tom, um, at Tom FC, underscore FC Dallas. Uh, some reason it's not there. It goes uh, showing your handle there. And also our buddy Isma Belcora, Ismail Belcora, at Belcora Isma on Twitter and Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. Follow us. Hello. Send us your questions. Don't harass us, but you can you can razz us <laughs> a bit if you if you think we're out of line. You can harass. You can harass. Uh, and just yeah, just a reminder, we will be putting this in podcast form. Uh, we'll be catching up with all our preseason shows and everything this week. It's just been a busy time for me. So hey, this is podcast life. So let's get right into it. FC Dallas opened the weekend at home, welcoming Toronto FC. Uh, Toronto, of course, has their new head coach, Mike uh, Bob Bradley, father of Michael Bradley, <laughs> and uh, you know, coming over from LAFC, a team that's in the midst of change and, and flux. But so is FC Dallas. FC Dallas, of course, has has plenty of new faces. It's been an exciting off season. So we had a lot of expectation. Excitement's been building. It was a cold and chilly one there in Frisco. And FC Dallas came away with just a draw at home. Uh, not the greatest result. Uh, but the team looked good in spots, but still managed to give up a kind of annoying goal that uh, you kind of wish they would figure out how to, how to stop. But uh, we saw a debut of a new goalkeeper, new left back. Uh, so some some and of course the new star left winger Paul Ariola who contributed to the first goal of the season for uh, FC Dallas. So let's just get started with with reactions to the game. I know some of you went. Maybe you even want to tell us a little bit about the stadium experience um, and the food. But uh, you know we can get into a lot of that a little maybe later. But let's just start off with the game. What was something positive you took away, and what was something that you hope the team works on Tommy we'll start with you oh okay so I think um, kind of was what I expected uh, it was an improvement from last year for sure uh, it it also was expected that I would show up and see a team that you know was still not the team that we're going to be seeing the whole year it's going to evolve into the team that we're going to see and you know we didn't have Velasco uh, we didn't have Hara we didn't have Sean for example uh, so, you know, I thought the coach, uh, Nico did his, did, you know, a great job of coaching what he had. Uh, I found it interesting that, you know, when he needed to help in the midfield, he didn't bring on, um, Baku, but he brought on the, the rookie. And, uh, and I thought the rookie, you know, for, for his role, just coming into that time of the game, did a great job. 
Um, everyone was 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 black. You know, the media was all saying Ariella was the player of the game. But uh, I thought I thought he wasn't sharp in the beginning. Uh, his first touch was a pass that was nonchalant that was kicked back to the other team, and it was you know didn't have any. It was just fair. It was a bad pass, and then his second touch was a cross that he you know volleyed in and it went over the goal it didn't go down and there were a couple times where jesus was going to the goal and it was three on two two on one and jesus was wide open and he took an extra touch with the ball and didn't get him and i'm not saying Ariola had a bad game but i, I guarantee you Ariola himself would probably tell you i can do better uh i thought jesus had an excellent game even though he didn't really score he did score a goal but it was called back because of a, a previous offside but uh, Jesus came back and held up his held up hold up play was very very good, and he would distribute the ball to the wings and then he would run back in the middle, and on, and that happened on actually on the first goal of the game where Jesus came back and and passed it to Paxton Paxton hit Ariel and when Ariola crossed it Jesus was right back in the middle it, now it went across to the other side, and uh, O'Brien scored but I thought Jesus had a good game. All right, all right. Ishmael, um, and it says you muted yourself. Heads up. So there we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they they played pretty good for a first game. I think it not only is it important to know that this is a first game under a first coach, but also uh, that you're playing a Bradley team. And when you play a Bradley team, you deal with overloads. You deal with um, – a lot of pressing. It's uh, even though Toronto looked shaky, a lot they they had a lot of a veteran experience that knows how to play that kind of system. And when you press certain players, like it caused a lot of issues for FC Dallas throughout the game. And I think they improved on it on the second half, but uh, it was those kinds of issues that just made this look like a very even game. Both teams were. Um, were, were had very specific attacking styles and did not know how to defend the other team's attacking styles. So it was it was a very fun game to watch in the freezing cold. Uh, <laughs> I thought of all the players um, on the field, the most uh, the most impressive one was probably Paxton. Um, we haven't seen this kind of Paxton in basically two years this is this kind of like what we know he can do um him and Cervenia Cervenia also did very well I think um I think it was kind of astounding how important they were to uh Nico's uh style I don't know if they can do this for 34 games I don't really think so Hmm. it's uh this, the, the, their depth is concerning, and again, the fact that Siki was the sub right. tells tells a lot. Like there needs to be more depth there. Besides them two, it's very good to see Hedges at what I think is his one hundred percent. I didn't think he did a foot uh, like a bad like a bad play in the entire game. Even though the goal was off of his header, it wasn't his fault. He actually got in front of a cross. Like he he uh, he looked like prime Hedges again, which is great because that was in doubt as well. So I think for okay. the first game of a season, it was pretty good. Good. We'll, we'll come back to that that rookie uh, sub because uh, I, I do think that as ask some questions, but which may be answered as the season goes on. But all right, Jose, you. 
you know, I was actually uh, very happy with what I saw for the most part. I mean, let's face it, this this uh, preseason was really short, really early, and I think a lot of teams are still really very much in preseason form, in all honesty. Um, I think a lot of teams aren't, aren't, aren't full strength. You know, we already know that we had three key reserves that were not – well, two key reserves and a potential starter that were not available. Uh, and, mind you, we still got three holes in the roster, so you're looking at about six players that, that uh, potentially that – are not available yet. And mind you, that's everybody across the league is going through that. So honestly, this first month, this first like four weeks, it's going to feel like an extended playoff where we're going to see uneven play. And, and as far as like Ariola, he's, he's still learning to play with his teammates. You're going to have to expect that from him, from, from, uh, uh, Farfan and, and Obreon having to learn, uh, to play on the left side, more often, and and his shoes having to learn to stay up higher, uh, than, than and not drop so deep like we saw him do so much in preseason. So I was actually overall I was I was I was satisfied. I wish I wish they would have gotten. I think the point uh, the three points were there that we had, but you have to expect that at some point this team is going to basically have a miscommunication or 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 someone wasn't gonna. Uh, you know, stay with their with their with their attacker, and, and that's what happened. You know, it's just one one mistake, and they get punished. And let's face it, hey, that weather was very Canadian-like, eh? So <laughs> it's, it's not that wasn't yeah. much of a home field advantage that that Dallas normally employs. You know, we see them again, you know, five months from now, and they got to play ninety degree weather. We'll see how how peppy they are then, but. Overall, I was satisfied. I like what I saw from most of the newcomers. Uh, I think the keeper looked great, by the way. Uh, I was very um, impressed by him. And uh, we've seen this before. We've seen where, where a starter gets injured and the guy that comes in and takes his minutes never relinquishes that starting spot. And you have to worry about the longer the Jimmy sits, the more and more uh, this uh, Pies has a chance to make the job his and, and convince Dallas that they should buy him by the summer. So I, overall, I'm satisfied. Um, I don't know what to make of the substitution because we don't know Nico's substitution style and we know he's shorthanded. So it, I, I'm yeah. going to reserve judgment on that until we see more. Well, that and I think that's all my my comments. Like I think I think the subs were good and bad. They they were good in the sense that uh, we're getting some of I these want, young guys I out. Well, I just want to point out that there was a formation change to a four four two at the end, and the subject had a lot to do with that. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Siki, Siki ended up playing a second striker. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like uh, like Siki. Uh, I mean, in in a way, it's never a bad thing to get a young player out there. Especially if they've impressed in preseason, they've earned their roster spot, they've earned a contract. Yeah, let's start getting them minutes so that they can develop, that they can get their feet under them, and can play a role come down the season. And and of course, I think the options were limited. They were they're lacking some depth in some areas, and because of some injuries and things. But hey, um, uh, so so I just say credit to Siki. I'm sure he's had a strong preseason. But you know, on the other hand, too, it's it's not. 
it's not the greatest thing. You know, I think the greatest ideal situation for a head coach, you'd love to have maybe some uh, some other options there to bring in to help uh, push the game. But but uh, credit, you know, and, and of course, El Metcar, I'm, I'm hoping he has a great season. I mean, he had, I think he had a good season with North Texas, breaking out. But again, um, you know, he gets out there. I mean, I think the, the thing is you're pushing for that second goal. You're, you're really pushing for someone to come in and change the game. And it's, that's a lot of weight on a, on a rookie's shoulders, on a young player's shoulders to just to go easily do that. So, so we'll see. Uh, we had a couple of comments here that, uh, so Ben, our buddy Ben Funch says, I was, I was impressed with Farfan. So there's another uh, vote. And then our buddy Todd Chatterley says, more like Emma Poo Masi. No, 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 no too mossy slander, guys. You know me. Yeah, yeah. I, I want, I want to echo real quick. I, I agree with what Ismail said. I think that uh, Paxton, Farfan, um, Savania were outstanding. I thought Savania had a great game. Well, I yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of positive things to take from this team. I mean, I mean, Cirillo, Cirillo getting the start. Uh, um, and, and he was solid. He was yeah. solid. I mean, he wasn't outstanding, but he was solid, which is what we want to see from from that Texas. He was doing the right things. You know, yes, he's not dominant, and and he wasn't perfect. But it's the first game of the season, and it's something he can build on. And, and maybe we see Surreal finally make that that big step. And he wasn't removed for for Quinone either, which is a good sign. Yeah, I didn't think he had a bad game as well. I just thought Farfan and uh, Paxton and, and Sylvania and the goalkeeper just stood out of having really good games. Yeah, I think Surreal had not, a, like you said, like not an outstanding game, but I think it was perfect in the sense that I don't think he made any mistakes. And that was one of the issues yeah, with Surreal early on is that he was like, he could pass really well. Like he barely miss a pass but the pass that he misses was like a really bad mistake or like he would like keep the ball too long and then they'd intercept and go straight at the center backs and he didn't do that every every like he didn't do like an outstanding tackle like far fan or like do like a really like good save like pace did on that almost header headed goal but um he just didn't do anything wrong which is I think the first time we've ever seen Cerillo do that, like not to make yeah, a, like a false step. No, no, uh, boneheaded plays like he occasionally does. Well, Todd, Todd has come back and says not slander. It's he's actually, Tomasi is actually bad as a right back. I mean, uh, you know, this kind of goal, uh, that, that the team to give up, I mean, credit to Toronto. It was, it was expertly, it was like a counterattack kind of goal. They, they, and really, when you look at the, and I went back and watched it again because I was just, you know, wanting to refresh myself. And and FC Dallas had numbers; they had numbers to defend. Um, that uh, Martinez it was, it was a little bit, just, a little bit lucky, a little bit lucky. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, it it it, it came off Hedges' head, kind of bounced unlucky. It's one of those goals that happens. Um, and and credit to Toronto for being there you know, to take advantage. Maybe you want a little bit more from Farfan to watch that far post run <coughs> to stay in there, you know. I'm sure that's something to work on. Uh, maybe you want a little more from Tumasi to defend on the outside. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of hard to 
it's hard to, to blame one person alone uh, for that, which could have, if Hedges had a little bit more on it, maybe he redirects it toward the center. Maybe, you know, he's able to clear it in some other way. But, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a tough one to give up. Uh, you know, I, 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 and I, I drew Epperly, our editor on BigDSoccer.com, he kind of pointed out that, you know, Martinez maybe was and remains a question mark for this team. You like his veteran presence, his left foot, um, but but he's also not a, the speedster guy, and so maybe Tafari gets back into the equation at some point if if, if Martinez doesn't quite lock down the spot. But um, it, it's also just too early. It's too early to be swapping in players right and left uh, as, you, as you're trying to get this team to gel. Uh, although Alan Velasco, I think, is a big question mark of how soon he gets gets game time, which hopefully is this coming weekend, I hope. Yeah, I mean, did you all have any questions about the defense uh, otherwise? Yeah, oh, well, I, mean, I noticed the change. Go ahead, Ismail. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. I mean, Martinez is an interesting case because his flaws haven't really improved from last season, but his strengths are still his strengths. Like, there were many, like, Toronto dominated possession because that's how Bradley plays. And there were moments in the game where FC Dallas could not do anything in the attack for 10 minutes. And then Martinez would get on the ball, just left-winged, like, beautiful ball right into Paul's feet. And then there's an attack right there. And that get FC Dallas out of the rut, and they can start developing play. I mean, Martinez is also, I think, the focal leader of the field, of on the field because, like, we know Hedges, he's not the most vocal person. Martinez is the guy that after a player gets like chopped off, like chopped by like a bad tackle, he's right in that player's face. That's the kind of guy that he is. And that's what he's been doing through preseason as well. That's, that's something different from last year. Hmm. Um, Again, I don't think the defense played terribly. Um, If you want to blame someone for the goal, which I don't think you should, it would be Farfan because he leaves Osorio too wide open on the back post. But it, again, it's the deflection. I don't think they thought it was going that way. So, and it's again, first game. So I'm not going to really place anyone's anyone's blame on that. Even Tumasi, even if he was out of position, that's what happens. Like center back shift to mark wingers when a right back gets beat or a left back gets beat. That happens all the time. It's not like just Tumasi. So, I mean... The defense played really well against what I thought was a pretty decent set of wingers for Toronto. They had a 17-year-old out there who was playing really well out wide, and they still were able to, like, the striker did nothing all game. Like, their striker, literally, he didn't have a single shot. He did nothing. And I think that's a testament that even this early on, the defense has improved a lot from last year. Like, this is much better than it was last year. Yeah, I was going to say tactically, I noticed an improvement is that um, they all stayed back in their four back line. They didn't, none of them went so hard. They left two in the back and, you know, we got numbers. Never in the game did Toronto have numbers on us. I don't recall not one time that it was four on one or three on one like we saw with Lucci last year. We always kept the shake in the back. And what I saw on that goal from the from Toronto, we were all kind of like settled in in the back. Everybody was in the back there, and they crossed it to the side, and he beat Tomasi for the cross, but it was deflected over Hedges and 
Martinez to the guy on the other side, and he, he got it. It was kind of a fluke play. I mean, they were there, and maybe the, the marking could have been better. I remember Steve Data say, hey, the marking let, let up. But the defense, I thought the coaching and just the, 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 the strategy was great. I mean, I, I think – and, you know, I know we're talking defense, but what I noticed the biggest change was the offense. If you, you know, we didn't see those Acosta shots from midfield. We didn't see shots that were like, let me take a three-pointer. You know, you didn't see that. It was all team-oriented, passing, get the ball into the box – and most of the shots came from within the 18, you know, I think we left a couple goals in the field. I remember one time uh, after a reflection, it came back to Obreon in the box, and he all he had to do was relax, keep it low and away from the keeper. He shot it hands width at the keeper, easy to save. I mean, he was point blank. And, uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier, Jesus had two runs where Ariola failed to get him the ball. If he got them the ball with just a one touch, it would have been one-on-one with the keeper. That's three goals opportunities. And then you, you, you factor in, well, we didn't have Velasco. <laughs> so, you know, when Velasco shows up, that's going to be another weapon. So, but, but going back to the defense, I thought the strategy and the coaching and just the way they, you know, it was just unlucky that they gave up that other goal. I don't have any complaints on the defense. Uh, yeah. And uh, I want to point out that Toronto was overloading to Tuomasa's side a lot. They really went after him, and and Dallas handled those handled those overloads quite well. Uh, the positioning is good. You're seeing the positioning. You're seeing them. Mind you, they're learning. Uh, uh, they they tweaked the defense from last season, and and considering some of the minor changes that they, that that coaches has made, you have to be happy with the overall performance of the defense. You know, they yeah. they, they they answered the the bell, and and. Toronto, like you said, it happens. You know, you get a bad bounce. Let's not forget that that field was uh, very slippery, very, very awkward there at the end. It had a real effect on the players also. So you also got to keep that in mind uh, with the conditions. And I just want to add that. I want to add one more thing. I've had time to think about uh, Nico's, uh, you know, use of the bench. And I have to say that I'm very excited that despite the fact that his three uh, players who were missing were all attacking players, by the way, that when he, when he went to his bench at the end of the game, the fact that he didn't bring in Facundo or Tafari, it shows you that he was going for the win. He brought in players. I know we're all like, hey, you know, he, he, but think about it. Uh, Siki, uh, an attacker. Uh, Elmetkar, uh, an attacker. Nanu, an attacker. He brought all these guys that were going to push for the three points. And that's you have to be excited about that when he has better options right. in the attack, you know, later on, this is going to be a fun, this has potentially be a really fun season as long as, as long as, you know, the team doesn't. Well, you know, yeah. If I may real quick, cause I, I want to get this sure. one out, but uh, right before they scored, I'm not picking on Areola, but what happened was we had a counterattack and it was going to be another good chance for a goal. And it was going to be, it was Ariana and, Pereira making the counter and Ariola had a, a heavy touch and gave the ball away. And that, and right after that happened, they scored. He wasn't even pressured. He just was like such in a hurry to go downfield. He hit the ball way ahead of him and he lost it. Go back and look at the replay. And it, that uh, turnover, and the, the goal came right after that. Yeah. You also have to keep in mind though, he, these are new teammates and 
was it a oh no no yeah yeah or, or was it or was it somebody supposed to be there we don't know because let's face it some of these guys some of these mistakes are and, and then we saw it several times where he was yelling at people we, we talked about martinez being vocal but you also saw Ariola literally out there on on the spot coaching some of those players telling them hey you should have gone this way and that way and lecturing them and telling them what they did wrong real time which is something we didn't see last year and so yes some of that yeah. could just be Ariola, but some of it i think is also just miscommunications yeah from the players i'm not are still yeah. doing good play, play together I'm not picking on him. I guess my point was I was trying to make is that I don't believe that Ariel makes this mistake very often. And it was just odd because, you know, that really should have been a shot on our side. And it was just unlucky touch. And, I, I you know, I don't think he's going to do that very much. And uh, it was just odd. If you take that, that turnover away, then I don't think they score, you know. So it's kind of where I was going at. But, yeah. Well, a couple of a couple more comments coming at us. And, uh, um, and – Javier uh, Marroquin asks, is Shabal Shun currently injured? He didn't make the 18, and I think that is the word. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, Same thing with Hara. And with Hara, right. Um, So so those are two uh, intriguing players, and and you imagine Shun, if he had not been injured, probably would have been the first off the bench, potentially. But, uh, I mean, maybe. But, um, uh, you know, we're all hoping he has a breakout season this year. And if Hara's healthy, it's him up top, not Tiki. So yeah, and he would have been a good presence there to grind something out. Uh, ben Kuzmak says, you know, he felt the subs were ten minutes too late. I mean, this will be something we just are going to learn about Nico. Uh, you know, his style and how he adjusts to the league, and uh, of course, he has experience in the league. But it, it's hard. It, you know, I think it's one of the things as a coach. Yeah, you know who's available and how many minutes they can give you without their legs, you know, or, or you know, uh, it, it again, it's just a lot. It's it's hard. It's hard to make the things. Although we did, we remember Lucci was often way late with his subs. You know, and way I have late. to point out. I want to point out that, like I said, this is like an extended preseason. So I guarantee you that there's some players that he pulled that he would not rather not have pulled, like Ariola. I think going forward, the expectancy is that he'll go the 90 minutes. But, you know, some of these guys are basically not 90-minute ready. It's just a reality. And and I think a lot of that, playing them as long as possible, has something to do with that. Has, hey, I really do need these guys to get as many minutes as possible because I need to get, get, get these guys ready to go 90 minutes if they have to. And I think that had a lot to do with that. So I had no problem with the, with the late substitution. Like I said, Ariola, for example, is a player that I think he would have absolutely loved to have the, out there for 90 minutes. But the condition yeah. is there. And, and, you know, the Paul Ariola conversation, he didn't get a full, really, preseason with the team. You know, he was away on national team duty, came in a little bit later, and so uh, he's one of these guys. I think we're just going to see him get better. And he was good. I mean, I, it was exciting to see his presence uh you know, definitely an upgrade over Fafa Pico. <laughs> it, oh, that's, de- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, de- de- uh, you know, uh, just, a, you know, definitely stronger than what Paxson provided on the wing last season. So it was an instant improvement, and, it, and hopefully it's only going to get better. You know, I, I think we, we can imagine it will. And, and so let's turn, you know, the big signing. Finally, there, was, there were a lot of delays with the visa and things, but Alan Velasco is in, is in Dallas. 
Um, there was, uh, I think, Ruben Luna posted. Uh, Ruben Luna, the former FC Dallas uh, homegrown, um, is, is maybe serving as the real estate partner of the team. I don't know, but it's helped Velasco look at houses or real estate or whatever and start to get settled. And so, you know, I, I imagine it's we're not going to see him start quite a way, but he has been working out. He's come from a from season of action, so it won't, shouldn't take too long for him to begin to break in and make make uh, uh, make some make some time and action on the field. So we're really excited about that. I mean, just uh, I mean, what, what's what's y'all's gut about that? Do you uh, you see this going to be? I mean, first of all, do you who who does he start over if he if he outright wins the job? Which you have to accept, expect he will. The team spent a lot of cash on this guy. Uh, is does it does O'Brien sit? Uh, you know, in favor of Velasco. And you know, if, yeah. if Obreon keeps scoring goals, yes. does that make it a more difficult job? You know, difficult ask. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, Obreon off the bench would have helped a lot yesterday. I mean, not this Saturday. He would have like that. That would have been like a pretty decent game changer. I mean, that's why I'm saying like this game is very difficult to to quantify anything for because like our first. Attacking sub wasn't El Medcar, it was Nanu. Nanu came in for Areola as a right winger. And I know it was only like five, ten minutes as him at him at right wing, but quick uh just quick analysis, I don't think he's a right winger. Just mm-hmm. just just from a little glance, like I think he can play the position, but that's not his position. So I mean Obreon off the bench is like a tool that we didn't have on Saturday, but if if Velasco starts, which he will, like you start, you start your seven million dollar player, and your two million dollar international U- U.S. U.S. international player on the wings, and once the game starts to die down and the center backs' legs get a little heavy, you bring an Obreon, and he just runs at them, probably shoots once and like misses it completely, and then probably drags it across goal to Jesus, and maybe he scores it. So like, uh. Velasco's probably not going to start against the Revs next week, especially since it's a uh, turf and you do not want any chance of injury. You don't want to put him through 70 minutes, but I could see, especially if he gets like two or three training sessions in, I could see him coming off the bench and maybe pushing for like an, an equalizer, maybe a winner, whatever the case is next Saturday, because again, we're playing a Revs team that is very good, but is also looking at CCL in a couple days later. So mm. next week should be fun to see how Velasco yeah, might. Good point, good point. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to some refs talk here. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's, that sounds good. I, mean, I I think as a head coach, you want to have a lot of options and you want to have a lot of competition. So maybe uh, O'Brien uh, is going to feel that a little bit and is going to try to you know make a statement early to make life a little more difficult for Nico. <laughs> As he puts out that starting eleven each week. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm hearing. I just want to add that having three starting quality wingers is not a bad, you know, thing to, ha- to have. You know, um, but don't forget about Sean. Especially, well, but I think Sean in this case is going to be a, 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 a sub. You know, he's. He's going to get minutes, but I don't think he unseats any of those guys. Um, 
he's like a, he'll he'll be a super sub off the bench. Uh, but I think O'Brien will rotate with Velasco and Ariola when when they feel like resting these guys, you know. And and uh, you know, I still even even if O'Brien loses his starting job to to uh, Velasco, I still think he's going to get over twenty starts this season, you know, because you have to rest Ariel. You have to, don't forget, we're going to have people missing uh, for, you know, international college and stuff like that. So the minutes will be there. I don't think, I think it's a good issue to have. It's a good problem to have. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing oh, that he's in, you know, he's been training with India. In, are you finished? Jose? I'm sorry. I just wanted to add that it's been half an hour and no one's mentioned how amazing Serenia looked, you know, Handling all I said, yeah, yeah. I said it. I said it. But I think I think you gotta point out how wonderful it is compared to you know Acosta. Yeah, and he was on the he was on the roster last year. I thought Savania had a really, and really one good of those game. goals, by the way, one of those near goals was when he hit Martinez in the head clean shot and, and he misdirected it, by the way. No, Damn, I absolutely agree. So uh, I was going to say yeah. is that, uh, he, you know, uh, Velasco's been training with Independiente, so he's not coming out over here out of shape. You know, he's been playing games with them actually not too long ago. So um, depending on, you know, um, his picking up of the, the tactics, we could see him start. I definitely, we, we was, I think we will see him play as a sub at minimum, but he possibly could start. Um, O'Brien had, had a, up and down game. Now he did have the goal, but other than that, I thought his passes was was not that great, and he was offside at times. He looked lazy, getting you know uh, staying onside. Uh, I, I think that he's you know he kind of maybe regressed a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would not surprise me if that Velasco start. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, he was he was he offside was, yeah. quite a few times. Yeah, he he, yeah. Was, he was offside like like four times. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think even even the people regression. sitting around I, me. I, I'm taking yeah, that's I my my call. The the person that I, was sitting I, on the left of me and the right of me at the game, they were like, "Hey, he's lazy," <laughs> and they were yelling at me. I, so I think that has something to do with the fact that he's playing on the left wing when he's a right wing. You know, that's that's another thing. It's communication with the players around you and whatnot, and that's well. Like I said, I don't think it's regression. Yeah. I think it's preseason form. One observation I, I take away from the game is Nanu was very fast and big compared to uh, Tomasi in the right back, and he looked like a burst of energy. And, you know, if, if it's really the best player, I would say that he's probably our best right back on the team. And uh, But I don't have a problem with Tomasi also starting here and there, but I, I'm telling you, this guy looked big and fast. And uh, it's unfortunate he missed that shot because he had a wide-open shot. But yeah. can he defend? I mean, we, we know he's big and he's fast. Uh, we still need to see him play a full game on defense and see see how his defensive chops are. Well, Ben says, you know, Nenu is right back. Velasco starts at home and Obreon on, on the road, which isn't a, a terrible uh, equation maybe to think about, you know. But I, I, I imagine if Velasco um, just, you know, Lights lights the league on fire. You know he'll start on some on some of the key road games as well. But I I do agree. Like if there's one thing to know about Major League Soccer, it's those turf fields, uh, you've got to be selective and thoughtful because and, and uh, maybe maybe O'Brien starts games that are played on turf, so yeah. that either Ariola or Velasco can you know 
don't have to deal with that. Uh, yeah, I know everyone's picking on Tomasi because he, you know, he got beat once or twice, but also Hedges got beat too on that one play. Um, I seen enough of Tomasi last year to know that he's solid with the ball, and he's he was he's serviceable at right back for sure. And uh, I'm not necessarily you know going to be like anti Tomasi because I think he's a good player. And most importantly, he still has room to grow. I mean, absolutely. Uh, people forget people forget that Dallas has like the fifth or sixth youngest team in the league, mind you. And, and and people, I hate people that, that look at players and go, oh, God, you know, he's, he's terrible. He should never play again. These, these are players, these are young players who aren't even in their prime yet. They haven't. Tua Masi is not the player he's going to be. You know, and that applies to, to half the starters out there can only get better. You know, hopefully it's this season. This season, hopefully it's not, you know, till the end of the season. But, you know, uh, Tuomasi, okay, yes, he can do better, but he's still growing. He's still, he's still learning. That goes for, I mean, not not for Martinez or or, or Hedges and stuff. You know, like those those are guys are veterans. But look at our midfield: Surreal, Sylvania, Paxton. You got Tuomasi. You know, even Farfan. You know. Uh, even his shoes, uh, they're young kids still, and and they're only going to improve. The players you see out there right now are only going to get better, and hopefully the sooner they get better this season, I think I think we're in for a wild, wild ride, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this team surprises a lot of the pundits. Well, one thing I was really impressed with, and it's just watching Nico on the sidelines. He's not there yelling at them, telling what they're doing. And I watched the broadcast. And I mean, they, they even commented as well. And I kind of agree with what they said. You know, like, how, how much can players take in anyway when you yell, hey, go here, go there? They're, they're playing a game, right? Crowds out there. How much do they really take in when the coach is yelling? But I love the fact that, you know, Nico, it seems like, you know, he's, he's kind of guy that coaches. Like, you know, he coaches them during the week. And then when the game starts, they should know where to go. And he's kind of watching it. And he wasn't yelling out, but when a player would come over, he'd whisper, give him little, you know, ideas of what to do or, or tactics. I like that from a coach. I don't believe in, you know, yelling, go here, go there. You know, that's what you do at practice, you know. I mean, there's sometimes you need to do it, mm-hmm. but I like his professionalism on the sidelines. It just, you know, d- totally different from Lucci. Well, let, let's shift over a, to a couple last topics before we close out. And, of course, we'll close out with a little – prediction thinking ahead to uh this coming weekend as fc dallas travels to play the rebs um but first uh, there is a rumor out there of another player on the way another loan option to buy um a another defender a center back potentially he might be kind of pegged for maybe some north texas time initially or maybe not maybe he is a com- competitor for a spot uh, so, Jose, what can you tell us about this player? So, this is uh, Ecuador. Uh, he, he's from Barcelona SC. He, uh, I know people have pointed out that he hasn't really played much for Barcelona SC, but last year was his first year with the with the senior roster. And don't forget that their season is split into Apertura uh, 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 and Clausura, which is basically two halves of the seasons. He played in 10 matches in the second half of the season. And, and based off of that, his value skyrocketed, and he was actually called into the Ecuador national team. Now, he only saw, like, 
eight minutes. So he got capped by their national team. But he was on their bench for like five other games. So he was training with the Ecuador national team that entire time. And, and they did make sure that they cap him. This is, I'm telling you right now, the average value of a player in in all of uh, all of the uh, MLS Next Pro, and and I'll throw out there USL League One and Nisa, uh, Nisa and all those all those leagues. Those guys, if you look at their up there going, their value it's around two hundred thousand uh, max. I mean, may, may, it, the average is even lower than that. This guy's market value is like over five hundred thousand. And, I, and and his his, his uh, clause says, according to his team, it's a 15 game clause, and if he plays 15 games for FC Dallas, then they're they're forced to buy him. It's like it like triggers the sale. This is a player that Dallas is bringing in, and and mind you, people are complaining about his size. He's 5'11", but the rumor is that he's very athletic, very fast, and and. Uh, and physical for his age. So I can't wait to see this kid because the hype, there is some hype to him. And, and, and let's face it, Dallas needs fast athletic defenders. You know, can you imagine, you imagine uh, if, if uh, you had a, let's say a back three, let's say they played three in the back and you put Tafari in the middle and you put Farfan on the left and then this kid can play on the right. I mean, all of a sudden you've got that fast athletic uh, back three that Lucci wishes he had last year. So I'm not trying to get too excited, but I'm just saying this kid is being brought in to compete for minutes with the senior team. And and I'm not saying he won't get minutes in, in, in North Texas, uh, but you know how that goes. It, it, there's certain players that if they go down there and dominate for one game, Dallas doesn't send them down there anymore. Yeah. You know? Okay. So so I'm excited because I, I, I hear a lot of good things about him. And, and uh, his, like I said, there was a press conference. His team basically said he's going to Dallas. I don't know they gave they gave a full press conference because, believe it or not, this is a massive deal for their team. This will be like a record sale for them if it goes through. And, so is, and they, they're all. Do so you feel like he can play it. on the right? Is it uh, is a center back on the right or is he? Uh, I honestly, I, 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 and I've only seen highlights from him from the regular season play. And I saw him play both, pretty much all four backline positions. I saw him playing at right so, back, at left back, and 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 versatility is what this kid supposedly brings. And and we got to see it. I mean, we've seen players that come here like like Vargas last year, who came in and looked great, and we're all excited. And then they don't take to the league. So, this is a Joshua Quinones. Yes, Quinones. And and like I said, he's very much like Shun. You know, we had. Got Shun, and let's face it, Shun didn't look great his first couple of games. They they played him a little bit out of position. They just made, gave him minutes, and we were all like, "This kid, you know." And then once he settled in, boom, we're all like, "Wow, this guy is great." So uh, it, this is a young player with a ton of potential, and we'll have to see when he comes into camp and, and see how he takes the team. And mind you, that applies for Velasco too. I know we're all excited about him, but this kid. Velasco, you know, we don't know. He's got to go through culture shock, travel shock. Mm. Uh, so, used to yeah, Jose, you mentioned 
You mentioned he was 5'11", so I checked up Zach Lloyd. He used to play in this back line for FC Dallas. He was 5'9". Thank you for mentioning that. Thank you for mentioning that because I was going to actually mention that we haven't had a player like Zach Lloyd on this roster in a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. since he left. Nice. I don't think we ever replaced that that re- really fast uh, right. guy that, that, that put out fires. Put out fires. Yeah. We've seen that from And they, they may want to put him on outside, you know. Who knows how they want to use him, right? So. We know Tafari can do that, and we know Bartlett was signed because they think he can do that, though he hasn't proven he can. So clearly, this team is looking for a specific kind of style of player. They don't want the big lumbering 6'4 uh, center back of old. They're saying, hey, this league is spending money on attackers. We're having to deal with more versatile, faster, more creative players, and we need to have a backline that reflects that and and this the uh, uh, Tafari Bartlett and this kid they're bringing in they're all fast athletic players and 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 I'm here for it I mean let's let's see let's see if the transition and these guys pay off well, well I would say I'm this excited. I like the fact that they're doing the loans to, you know loan to buy and they're, exactly. they're bringing in youth they're bringing in youth versus someone that used to be a good player. Like we used, you know, when I first moved here, like 10 years ago, uh, first started going to games, used to sign these players that, that were good <laughs> and they're slow. And, you know, like you can see that they were talent, but I like the youth and, and the upside. And if they don't work out, you get someone else to come in, you know? And, and uh, on, on that side, uh, I want to point out that uh, a lot of LAFC fans were pointing out that Farfront started and Hollingshead did not. And I don't know. I'm not trying to make anything of that, but from their point of view, they're like, "Okay, we gave up a promising young player, and we brought in a veteran, and this guy's supposed yeah. to start. He's supposed to be one of the best left backs, and why is he not starting?" So I'm just saying, you're hearing the comments, and that's what we would be doing if they brought in a, a 29, 30 year old player that's supposed to be good, and then we would be questioning, you know, well, is he on his downside? How, why did we get him? I'd rather I was very go happy with the trade. Player. I was very happy with that trade. I think I like Collins head, but I felt like he was over the hill. He had, he, you know, he was going on the down slump. He's still a good player, but I think he doesn't have a lot left in him. And they I got just, you, I just think it was, and they got a good defensive I player. I don't think he was on the going downside. I just think I agree that, that this new system that we're putting in is not a fit for him. And, and it, bravo for the coaching staff to, to basically – notice that right away and say, hey, okay, this is what we're going to do. And there's certain players that don't fit what we want to do. Lucci tried to put that square peg in a round hole, and it didn't work. And and I think it's good to see Nico basically saying, hey, I, okay, you guys love Hans Head. It's a great year. Yeah. And all this intangibles that he brings, and, and and but he doesn't fit what we're doing. So let's gamble on a, on a younger player that fits our system that we're trying to do. And I think that's one of the reasons why you saw that defense look solid. They don't look spectacular, but you saw their positioning was right. Everything was, you know, that's one of the reasons because they brought in a player that fits that system. You right. Know? You didn't and, see and Farfan or our, our Tomasi get in the box. They stayed back. Holly said would get they, in the box, right? They were disciplined. Exactly. Uh, and hmm. okay. and their system called for that. The system called for, hey, you know, 
we're only going to send one of you guys forward. You guys got to know when one can go. And where before, Lucci would send both down. And if they weren't fast enough to, to get back, that if, and, and that number six wasn't doing his job, we'd get burned. Yeah, exactly. I, I like it. Well, let's let's close up the show. I know. Uh, I think next week let's we'll reserve some time to talk about North Texas and uh, their their roster is kind of starting to come into shape. And they had a friendly after the the game, but uh, we'll we'll touch upon that. We'll um, uh, but let's let's just talk about this coming weekend, New England Revolution, and uh, kind of what should we expect from FC Dallas. Um, yeah, it, it, this sounds like we've already said. You know, this sh- could be a winnable game since New England is is in the CCL. Um, so that means that they'll be probably rotating some guys uh, and putting some, you know, keeping some legs fresh. And FC Dallas will potentially have Velasco available to them, maybe some other players if they get healthy. So what are we expecting for this team? Uh, what's your prediction for this coming weekend? Uh, Jose, we'll start with you. Well, you know, I know, I know that uh, New England has the, the whole CCL thing coming up, but if I remember correctly, their games got postponed. You know, um, so I don't know. If, do they have a CCL match that week? They have a CCL match after hours on Wednesday. On Wednesday, okay. So, so yeah, it, it could affect, but. We don't know. We don't know how uh, – it'll come down to how New England decides to rotate. I mean, are they going to start their, uh, uh, you know, uh, 1B team, you know, with, with some starters and their top reserves? And at home, on their turf, they're still got to be the favorites, you know. We don't have no clue how, how Nico is going to handle games on the road. We saw that Lucci – struggled mightily to get this team to perform on the road. Uh, uh, just, he never quite figured it out, and and we honestly don't know what to expect from Nico. So, honestly, I'd be happy with a draw. I think I think if you can go to New England and get a draw there, I don't care what kind of team they start. If you can come out of there with New England from one point, I would be happy with a result like that. Uh, and, and honestly... I'm going to be watching for the little things, you know, is the defense going to hold up on the road? You know, are there going to be mistakes? How are they going to handle uh, the weather? You know, it's the little things, you know, um, I still think this team, like I said, is, is, is pretty much in, in a, like a late preseason mode. And I think New England's just, New England is too. Although I believe their preseason started a little bit earlier. So Yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the little things and seeing what Nico does and seeing how this team responds to him on the road. And I'm hopeful that, that they come out of there with a point. And honestly, if it's tied and they're pushing for the three points at the end of the game, that's all I really want to see from my team. I want a team that basically has has a, has a shot to get the, the win on the road, which is something we rarely saw with Lucci's team, believe it or not. I mean, I, I was... We're in the road. We're just like God, you know. Just, you know, yeah. they were just trying to grind out a point. If that, you know, it's. I want to see that change that we saw at home carry to the road. All right, Ishmael, how about you? Uh, it was kind of interesting, right? So 
Turner is actually injured right now. So this weekend against Portland, New England played their backup, Earl Edwards Jr. And he had the the game of his life, like probably played the best game he's ever played. The uh, Revs were going to win that game until the younger Chara brother decided to do a bicycle kick and score goal of the week. So mm-hmm. um, it it would be crazy to say, yeah, we should beat the the Supporter Shield champions from last year on their turf. Um, they basically beat Portland last week if it weren't for like a magnificent goal. Um, I, I understand the concept of this is still kind of preseason, but what we need to see really isn't really a victory or a draw or a loss, but we need to see improvement, right? So the spots where we know there are issues, like there's some couple of issues that we've seen in the game that we played against Toronto, um, it has to change and or like we have to start to see some change i think there's also a case that we could exploit the wings a lot more in this game because new england plays a narrow diamond midfield um and when the diamond like expands and like the midfielders go out wide uh then the midfield is very open so um just just to see some tactical awareness of how they how the refs play and the other thing is to make sure we do not get any injuries on a on the turf field. Like again, that's why even if Velasco can start, I don't think you should start him. It just it's not worth the risk to be like, hey, this is your first turf field. This is where we want you to play your first MLS game against the best team from last year. That that's, that just seems like a recipe for disaster. So just for them to go out, fight hard, um, maybe like like get a goal maybe keep the goals conceded to a minimum maybe get a 1-1 draw that's really 1-1 draw with no injuries is really the best case scenario unless the revs get like a red card then i think we should win all right all right tom well um you know i i think new england pretty much is the same team as what i'm reading from last year they did add Altador, and they have Legette added to their, their roster. But the question is, how much will these guys play with the CCL game? Who knows? But I think because of the CCL game, that, that it's going to give uh, a little you know extra uh, advantage to Dallas because you can't you know play both games and be at your best for both. You're going to have to, you know, it's going to take away from one or the other. I think FC Dallas goes over there and plays a good game. I think now that we have some film on – Nico, so will New England, and they'll, they'll, we'll, we'll see how they attack FC Dallas, see if they follow the strategy that Toronto did and attack on the right wing, assuming that Tomas is there, but what if it's Nanu? You know, I think the other thing is, 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 is to see, you know, like, you know, I think we really won't know Nico until we're like five, six games into the season. Like, you know, what if he comes out and it's Safari out there, you know, and, and we see, well, he's changing the lineups, you know, is he going to be that kind of coach? Uh, what we saw on Saturday is he kept that roster, that lineup in there for 70 minutes. He didn't sub until late in the game. So uh, that leads me to believe that he's going to go with the same lineup. But um, Velasco is the wild card. I would not be surprised to have Velasco start or Nanu start, but or even Tafari. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Tafari had a good season last year. Regardless, bottom line, FC Dallas is going to go over there and play a, a solid game tactically. 
and we're going to see more passes in the box and goal opportunities. They missed some goal. They left some goals on the field last last week, and I'm hoping that this week they don't. So you know, I expect goals. So uh, I'm looking forward to the game. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you all. A draw, of course, would be great. I mean, I I, I would love a, a game where Jesus just breaks open and puts a couple away and and uh, really uh, pushes uh, you know pushes the revs and. Uh, what Arena can do, but I know Bruce Arena. He's, uh, gosh, he's been around the block <laughs> quite a few times. He's he's gonna know how to approach this game and get the most out of his players, and he, they do have some depth there. And so, uh, even if they don't go with all starters, they're gonna be a capable team. So, it's gonna be a tough one. It'll be a first for some of these guys like like Nanu and Velasco to see kind of that what travel is gonna be different in this league than what they maybe are used to. Um, this, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that'll be just about as far as, as the team will go. I think, uh, over the course of a season, uh, maybe only Vancouver a little bit farther or something, but it's going to be an interesting one to see how the team adjusts. And, and I, I do think it's a, you know, having these two Eastern conference teams right off the bat, it, it does put a little, I mean, you want points, you want results, but if you come away with just one point from these two first games, it's, it's not the end of the world. You, you have plenty of yeah. ground to make up worth, against Western yeah. Conference. Worth yeah. noting, we're going to Boston next week. It's going to be very cold next week. It's it should be interesting to see. And Altidore isn't the starting striker, so Altidore probably will play in this game. So there and you since, go. Yeah, and since Books is probably going to be the other striker, Books is the tall one. Books is going to pair up with Hedges. Then we're going to have an Altidore versus Martinez. Uh, battle in the game which should that that just seems very interesting like it could like be breaking tackles or fights or something that should be fun well good well thanks everybody for joining us yeah tommy one last word yeah yeah i was gonna say if you remember uh, if it's anything to do similar to what greg burkhalter did in the last round of world cup qualifiers what he did he changed the lineup every game so if it's that the mentality we could see a different lineup in New England. Just, just came to my mind. Yeah. Well, a lot to see. We're figuring it out, and we're along for the ride as we welcome Coach uh, Nico Estevez to the to lead this team. It's a new season. Maybe it didn't start with the three points that we wanted, but uh, it's 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 going to be a long ride, and hopefully, uh, um, this team will figure it out as as they go. And we'll be right here every Monday night. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know health permitting and all that stuff, uh, internet f- permitting. We'll be here on Monday nights to talk about it, to break down. Appreciate everyone's comments about the team. Hope you'll be back next Monday, and we'll be posting links of where to find the podcast as we get that going so you can listen even if you miss the game. So thanks, thanks Tommy. Thanks, Ishmael. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Thank Jose. you, everybody. It was great. Thanks. All right. Good night, everybody.